Hey, everyone. ESG Energize is sponsored by our friends at mCloud. Their solutions help companies maximize production, automate operations, and optimize predictive maintenance. And on the heels of the Inflation Reduction Act, their emissions management solution is so incredibly relevant. So I would encourage you all to go check them out, mcloud.corp, to learn more. Welcome to ESG Energized, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here are your hosts, Delfina Govia. My name is Delfina Govia, and many of you know me as a partner at Veritas Total Solutions, an innovative management consulting firm where I lead the ESG practice alongside my ETRM colleagues. Let's face it, we're not going to make any significant progress towards ESG goals unless we all work together. And EDP Renewables is a company that understands just that. From their collaborative attitude toward the oil and gas industry to investment in local communities, they understand the win-win. And there's a town in Indiana that can attest to that. When their beloved amusement park was forced to shut down, EDP Renewable made investments into an economic development fund that allowed the county to attract a new owner to reopen that facility. So with that heartwarming story, ESG Energized is pleased to have EDPR's Amy Kurt, Director of Development for the Eastern Region and Canada, join me to share their vision and path toward growth, along with some incredible employment opportunities. Amy Kurt from EDP Renewables, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. So EDP Renewables, Amy, let's jump right in and tell us, for those that don't know, who, what is EDP Renewables? What yes. space are you in? So EDP Renewables, we are one of the largest owners and operators of renewable energy facilities around the globe. Um, we actually develop, construct, own, and operate wind, solar, and battery storage facilities. All around the world? All around the world. We're the fourth largest owner and operator in North America, as well as globally. We operate in 28 different markets globally. Do you know what the distribution is from a uh, power perspective across wind and solar? Are you bigger in wind, bigger in solar? Yeah, we're bigger in wind right now because the economics of wind energy have been stronger and better than the economics of solar. But in recent years, we've started investing more and more in our solar energy portfolio. Fantastic. Um, I actually was reading about the Mayflower project, and I believe that's a joint venture with Shell. That's right. So we're getting into the offshore wind space. So Mayflower is our first uh, U.S.-based, so it's off the shores of Massachusetts, uh, wind energy facility. And we have a joint venture with Shell uh, in order to bring that project over the finish line. I don't know that a lot of people in the general market area, I know us in oil and gas, we in oil and gas know very well how dedicated we are to the renewable space. But I love to. I love having this opportunity to talk to a renewables company that is highlighting a joint venture with one of our own oil and gas companies uh, to to bring this next generation of power to the market. So that is going to drive 
far more opportunity and growth. What is your what is the growth strategy beyond offshore wind? Is there is is there somewhere else that EDP is looking at to Im expand in the market? Yeah, so my role is actually onshore. I focus on directing our development team in the eastern region in Canada to build more onshore wind, solar, and battery storage facilities. And the growth trajectories are incredible. We are working towards building two gigawatts or 2,000 megawatts of renewable energy each year for the, it, through 2025. And I imagine that beyond that, we will just continue to grow as well. Wow. Wow. Um, that is going to take a whole lot of people. A lot I of people. <laughs> I, I, We're I hiring. <laughs> we need more people. Um, oh. That's the truth. We have, um, we've actually have over 100 job openings on our site right now. Wow. Um, ranging from everything from administrative roles to engineers to project managers to construction managers to you name it. Um, the growth in this industry is exponential um, and EDP renewables is just one one small sliver. I would I've been hearing a lot of people in the oil and gas space that are very ex that have been getting more and more excited about renewables actually thinking of going to work in the renewable space leaving their traditional oil and gas jobs aside and moving over to renewables. Are, would you welcome us with open arms? Absolutely. Our arms are open. We are welcoming folks from all backgrounds, we, um, the industry is growing so quickly that we need to stop poaching from one another. All the recruiters, I tell them to stop calling me and stop calling all my colleagues in the renewable energy industry and start calling all, all the folks in the oil and gas industry and get them to come <laughs> our way because there just aren't enough people in this industry with experience yet building solar parks and building wind farms and helping to develop these projects from the ground up. And the cool thing is a lot of the experience in the people that we're looking to hire, I think parallels with other energy industries very well. I mean, we're leasing land from landowners in rural America, just like the oil and gas industry has been doing for, for decades. And we're building infrastructure projects. We're, we, need trans, we need access to the transmission grid. Uh, we need access to you know, other utility services. We need to be working with communities and making sure that our projects are a win for the communities that we're in. And I think that the oil and gas industry has been doing this for years. Yeah, we kind of have. So you bring up an, an, an interesting point. So thank you for that. Thank you for, for welcoming uh, our folks into your world. Because I think, I think we're all very vested in the energy future of the planet. And we have to work together. Not, and sometimes that looks like poaching from each other. But we all kind of have to work, to get, work together. You bring up an interesting point on the topic of communities. A lot of times uh, we experience in the oil and gas business pushback from communities uh, that, that may not want to see us in or around their land. Do, do you guys see the same type of pushback? Unfortunately, we do see some pushback. And I think that's just the nature of change. You know, we're entering communities and we're proposing change. And that's really hard, um, especially in rural communities where families and communities are so close-knit and they haven't experienced significant change ever. It's and scary. It's very scary. And it's especially scary now in this world of social media where you can go online and the Google will tell you whatever you want to hear. And you can search up anything and you can find 
really scary answers to just about any question. And the misinformation is just extremely detrimental to any kind of development. So we're, we're up against a really big challenge. And the good news is we, ha- we are selling an incredible product. I mean, building solar parks and building wind farms and bringing clean energy to communities is not just a win for the environment, but it's also a win for these communities because of the tax base that it builds, because of the business opportunities that it brings. And it's our job to communicate those benefits to the communities so that they're not relying on the misinformation that's out there on the web or that some fear monger is bringing along with it, um, but that people are actually seeing the opportunities and the benefits that come along with our projects. We understand that very well in the oil and gas space and have invested for for decades. When we go into underserved communities that are very rich in oil, usually in third world nations, and the investment that we make in their social infrastructure and bringing benefits to those communities so that we're giving giving to them socially uh, as well as economically to the the, uh, countries that we go into. I'm sure, looking at uh, what, you, what you've told me, that you probably have some good stories about community investment. Am I right? Absolutely. Oh, share some, please. Absolutely. Um, I think the one that's the most top of mind is a solar park that we're actually going into construction in um, within the next couple of months. We are wrapping up our final permits and, and mobilizing to site here shortly. And this project is an incredible project, um, and it's um, in the middle of rural Indiana, central eastern Indiana. And it's it's about a mile away. It's within a mile of a very small town, um, the town of Modoc, Indiana. Never heard of it. (laughs) Yes. It has one restaurant. uh, It has under 100 homes. And this poor town has you know, made an investment in a private sewer and water um, utility many years ago. And unfortunately, the the hope was that more people would move to the town to help spread the cost of that sewer and, and water utility over more homes, but it hasn't materialized. And so now you have the few hundred or so homes in this community that are saddled with the entire cost of paying for a water and sewer utility that is, um, it's just incredible. I mean, these homes are paying two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month for their water and sewer bills. And That's outrageous. It's completely outrageous. And it's a it's a community of a lot of renters as well. So if I had the choice to rent a house in a in a town and pay a hundred dollars for my water bill or pay five hundred dollars for my water bill, which town would I live in? Exactly. Uh, the one where I'm paying a hundred or less. I mean ideally you're paying even less than that. And this this town you're just driving people away because the water and sewer bills are so high. So we went Um, We're working to build a solar park um, near the town. We've been working with the town leaders. We've been working with community members, and we've been hearing these complaints about the water and sewer utilities. So we worked with the town leadership. We worked with the township leadership, and we've come up with two different funding programs to help support this community. Um, One is just direct, uh, a direct benefit to every water and sewer utility customer in this community where we're paying um, just a small piece of their utility and water bill um, each month for the next, uh, I believe it's five years, just to help take a little bit of that burden off and for them to see that we're coming to town and we want to support the community. And then we also came up with an extra an extra program for the folks in the community that are the hardest hit, the most low-income 
um, people that are having the hardest time paying their utility bills where they can actually go to the township and seek additional relief. Um, and that's a separate, I think it's a $100,000 fund that um, they will endow to try to provide more assistance to the hardest hit community members over the next, um, over the life of the project. Does your project also provide uh, employment opportunities? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, this, um, the, the biggest employment opportunities are during construction. So this is actually the, the second phase of a solar park in this community. The first phase uh, at the peak of construction, and this is in a rural area of central Indiana, and at the peak of construction, we had over 700 construction workers on site at one time. You couldn't find a hotel room. You couldn't find <laughs> a camping ground. You couldn't find a rental. You couldn't find a place to live within you know 50 miles of this project because everything was sold out with the influx of workers that we brought to the community. Wow. That and, is pretty impressive. And I mean, we even, I was there on site one day where they were checking in new employees. It was a new employee training. There were 20 people getting trained up to work on site. You know, no experience coming in. And I was looking at the, um, they were, you know, doing all the paperwork and making photocopies of people's driver's license. And you had people coming in from Georgia, from Texas, because they were looking for good work. And they were trying to get into the solar energy industry. And I, I, I would venture to guess that some of these folks were coming up because they had had experience working in another energy industry down south and were looking for an opportunity to get into renewables. So we are talking about the ultimate win-win, right, for a company and a community. Absolutely. This community has benefited in so many ways, and that's our job, is to make sure that not only the direct landowners that are you know, directly leasing the land to us for a solar park, they are clearly winning, right? We are paying them to lease their land and they are choosing to farm a new crop. They are choosing to use the sun instead of farming traditional row crops, corn and beans, they are choosing to harvest that sun in a new way uh, and turn those rays of sun into electricity to power our grid, power our cars of the future, power our homes and businesses. Those folks are the clear winners we're clearly winning because we're putting those electrons on the grid, but we always are looking for a way to make the community at large win, whether it's through the tax base and supporting schools, um, supporting the fire district, supporting the other emergency services, or whether it's coming up with a unique program like we did in MODOC. Fantastic. So your approach as an organization is one whereby you're truly hitting the E, the S, and the G for uh, what would I like to call the conscientious organization? Absolutely. We're trying. We th I think we're a great example of how a renewable energy company can, at the heart of its core, be building out a cleaner environment, but also be spending the extra time and energy on the S and the G components as well. So the culture at EDP Renewables, tell me about that. Yeah, we're work hard, work hard, play, but also make sure that our projects are sustainable for the future. Sustainability, fantastic. So I'm going to end by asking you a question. Sure. Tell me about you, Amy. Sure. Um, well, I... Um, I'm the director of development for our company, so I've got a team of about 40 people wow. that are working on developing our assets 
all over the eastern region. So everywhere, our, the mothership is down in Houston, Texas, and that's where most of our Woo-hoo! jobs are based. Yeah, and that's why we actually have, we already have a ton of people that work for us that came from oil and gas. It's just such an easy transition, especially with our offices um, being based in Houston. We've got a, almost a thousand people working for us right now, and we're looking to add more. We've got so many openings, so please check us out online, EDP Renewables North America. Um, and our team, we also have offices in Indianapolis and in Chicago, and then a ton of folks working remotely in New York, Maine, Washington, D.C., and scattered everywhere in between. We've got offices in Portland, Oregon, Kansas City, um, Mexico City, Toronto. We're all over the place. And um, what really drew me to this company, I have a, a 15 years experience in renewable energy. I worked in the government sector. I worked in the nonprofit sector. um, And I came to EDP Renewables because I wanted to put steel on the ground. And I think that's one of the main differences with us. And the reason that keeps me here is that we are building projects every day. And we have such a strong portfolio of projects uh, across the country that no matter what happens in this crazy world with Congress or with state governments or with inflation or with tariffs and all of these very complicated things that are impacting our energy industry, I know that at EDP Renewables, I'm gonna have a job because we have a global commitment to more renewable energy and we have an incredible team. Our senior leadership is so supportive and so incredibly smart and the senior management team that works with me and all of our project developers are just such fun and wonderful people to work with and work for. And um, really, just it's a fun place to work, especially when you know that at the end of the day, you're putting more megawatts of clean energy into the ground. So you're leaving the good behind for the next generations to come. That's right. So we can find you at www.edprenewables.com is that the website we will double check on that address and I will make sure that that is available in the notes for the show so that people can when they access the podcast they can also access the notes for it's even easier than that it's easier than that it's just edpr.com edpr.com try to spell out renewables it's just, just edpr.com. edpr.com that easy well we're still going to put it in the notes so that people can easily click uh, when they're listening to the podcast that would be great you do have to do a couple more clicks to get to our jobs it's a little, it's a little yeah, but we want them to see the the portfolio we want to understand what it is especially if you're co- if you're collaborating and you're partnering with companies in the oil and gas industry right? right it's all about collaborating we've all we're all in this together yes so uh, check to, out mayflower yeah. wind definitely google around or you know search around our site um, there's a lot of great information about renewable energy and the opportunities there are in the industry there Fantastic. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.